So this guy is an ad. He's been listening to the podcast for a couple of years. Um, he's a he's a dropkick. He, he drinks his own bathwater. Jamie Wallace, we're back. Round one's in the cards. Both beat the Roden Cup. I don't have much more to say, young fella, but congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, how are you feeling? I know you were a bit upset on the day. So what's going on? Mate, I, um, I've got over it. It was quite good. It didn't take, didn't take me a lot to, to sort of get over things. Uh, try to put things in perspective and looking after some of the other results that happened over round one. It, I didn't feel as bad. Was I disappointed? Yes, especially after the start. But hey, look, we've got plenty of time to get into that in this episode of Lace Out. But before we get into it, let's get a bit of the housekeeping out of the way. First and foremost, thank you, listeners. Once again, we just keep charting week after week. The listens keep increasing, and we've got no one no one else to thank but yourselves. We love the feedback, and for the first time, we've got a bucket load of listener questions to go through later on in the episode, so we'll do that. Also, remember, you can find us on Lace Out Podcast on Facebook and also Lace Out Podcast on Twitter. So don't hesitate. Shoot us that feedback. Shoot us those questions. Um, and we'll let you know about what's going on. And also the feedback that we've been presenting um, through our questions and polls and so forth over the last couple of weeks as the weeks trickle on and we go into the new rounds. Uh, it's exciting stuff. The fry pan makes another, uh, another serve uh, this week. Um, and I'm really happy about this one because it's one team that I can't another stand. crispy serving. Mm, this is crispy. This is like maple bacon. Can't mm-hmm. wait for it. Um, and last but not least, to go through the lace out tipping comp. Yes, Lace Out has a tipping comp, chock full of people I can't say, and um, we'll go into the leaderboard at this current stage. But first of all, let's get into a bit of the news, but more importantly, Jamie Wallace, how are you, sir? How's the little fella going? Little fella's going well. Little fella's going well. I'm actually, we're recording this tonight. I'm actually, I was sitting here waiting for you, Chris, and I was half nodding off. To be completely honest with you and being transparent with all our listeners out there, we're just two guys who work full-time and then at night-time produce something like this. Yep. Totally so, yeah, I was knackered. And look, I'll, I'll, I'll call it how it is. I was a little bit like that on Saturday afternoon, ran about halfway through the third quarter. I think me and the 22 players, sorry, 21, I won't say Christian Salem, we're also drifting off as part of the quarter. <laughs> Uh, but I know that they're not all dads. But uh, let's get into the news first and foremost. Now, one of the things that's um, come into the limelight after well many, many years, and hasn't, what really wasn't there, but over the weekend, the Marvel Stadium surface copped a whole nother battering from the football public and also the football teams and just found out that the yep. whole wing needs replacing with some new turf, which is staggering considering that there hadn't been any um, football played on it this season so far. And from an aerial view, it looked fantastic. I don't know what the Marvel group are doing down there, um, but it's, as as we would say on a weekly basis, it's nothing short of a disgrace. Absolutely. And considering now that Marvel is owned by AFL, the Marvel State is owned by the AFL, so they've had no games of football on there. They've had a summer full of, well, what summer does, is full of sun, perfect conditions to be growing grass, and yet it's breaking up with one game of football or two games of football on it where, 
Uh, now it's needing a full, I had to have a full walkthrough uh, investigation by the AFL and they've decided to rip up the whole wing and redo it with brand new turf. I mean, what a, it, it's mismanagement. Let's just call it mismanagement. Well, I just don't get it. And the thing I don't get it, get about it is you think about what have they had on that ground in the last, what's I say, three months? They've had mm-hmm. a little bit of A-League. Yep. Which is only 20, well, how many people? 22 players running around on that. So that's not exactly, and that's not the whole ground. That's just through the middle. So that's not chewing it up. They've had yeah. some big bash cricket, which is 40 overs and which is nothing as well. Um, yep. Concerts wise, they've probably had one mega concert there. Yep. Outside of that, nothing. Yep. Is, this just another, is this just another example of how Eddie had stadium, sorry, Marvel Stadium, Cannot it simply cannot grow grass for two main reasons. It's built the wrong way. Correct. Yep. And is the second reason because it's built on a concrete base, there's nothing mm. for the there's nothing for the, the roots to grab onto. And as and as somebody said quite a while ago, there's no worms <laughs> fertilize the roots to keep them bonded. Yeah. I don't know about that last one, but um, is it is it because there's, there's nothing for it to grab onto? And if you have a look at what's coming out, it was sandy chunks. It wasn't yep. dirt. So yeah. I, and I don't understand why they really need it to drain because all they need to do is shut the roof. Just shut, shut it. the roof, for God's sake. It is mismanagement, but does that surprise you with the AFL these days? No, they, not surprising. They could not but have taken a street fight, that mob. <laughs> it's actually... And- and I know this is this is a bigger issue, but watching um, any game on TV at Marvel Stadium is the worst experience on TV you can never come across because of all the factors you listed above. It is facing the wrong way around, so the sunlight and the cameras and light uh, the shade section and the light section, you can't see the ball, you can't see the players. Uh, so just close the roof. Well, you built the stadium with the roof. No, no, no. I will correct you there. There is actually one worse thing than watching uh, games on TV that are played at Eddie Had. What's that? The St Kilda Gold Coast game that was played at Eddie Had. <laughs> that, that was fundamentally the worst thing to ever happen at that ground in the last uh, week. I don't know if you watched yeah. any of that, but that was that was putrid. And any St Kilda yeah. supporter out there that's walking around chest out saying, how good are we? We've won round one. Tom Crawford. Um, hey, pull your head in. It's, it was awful. It was awful. The yeah. shadows, I'd hate to be playing on it. I'd hate to be looking. I'd just shut the roof. That's what the whole purpose of it is. Shut yeah. the roof. No one, no one wants yeah. to play half, half in the sun, half out. No one wants to watch it. And they, can't, and they can't figure out why no one wants to go there. Because they yeah. can't see anything. Yep. Yep. Yep, I'm fully with you. So it's funny how last week we're talking about the SCG going to be absolutely ripped apart and torn apart by all the rugby games, but we should be worried about what Marvel can produce for the rest of the season. We've gone one game in, it's already dog shit. We've still got another 21 games to go. (laughs) What's going to happen? Yeah, good luck with that one, AFL, trying to work your way out of that one. Oh, I just think, (laughs) mate, knock the whole joint down and build it the right way. Simple as that. But the reason why they didn't do it the other way was because it didn't fit. Yeah. They yep. couldn't. So, hmm, what should we do? 
find another piece. No, we'll just build it there the wrong way. Yeah. It's nuts. Hey, um, does an extra month matter when it comes to the AFL preseason for the teams that have that extra four weeks compared to the teams that don't? If you have a look at the, some of the results from the weekend, some of the teams that made the finals last year. So if we go through them, Richmond, they won. Both Collingwood and Geelong made finals last year, but there was only a seven-point difference. So you'd say that's even Stevens. Mm-hmm. We know that the power beat the Ds, and, and we know Melbourne had a deeper, uh, a deeper final series. Um, the Hawks, which is the bit of an anomaly here, they didn't have the extra four weeks. They, they had an extra two, but they've come out and, and absolutely pumped Adelaide, and that's another thing that we need to chat about. Sydney yep. have been, uh, once again, made finals, got beat. West Coast, we know what they did last year. They haven't been beaten. They've been absolutely slaughtered by 44. And that's another team I want to talk about very, very shortly being the Brisbane Lions. Um, yep. Neither the Gold Coast uh, or the Saints made finals last year and probably won't for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, GWS smashed Essendon, but Essendon a tripe. And uh, Fremantle smashed North. None of those made finals either. Mm-hmm. So there is a bit of merit to, if you have a look at the top four from last year being um, Richmond, Collingwood, Geelong, sorry, not Geelong, uh, Richmond, Collingwood, West Coast, and Hawthorne. Mm -hmm. There's a two for two. And then you have the remainder, Melbourne, Geelong, Sydney, and GWS is two for two. So, you can say the teams that went deep into September didn't have a good start except for Richmond. So there yep. may be that merit. If you throw into the fact that it's not just that extra four weeks, if you have some off-field surgery that you have to have to all your players, that's mm-hmm. another certain amount of time that they're going to be held up as well too. So what yep. you know, people go, oh, how much time do you need for a preseason? Well, it's not exactly how much time that you have for a preseason. It's how much time yep. you're allowed to use for preseason, but also using that time for, for players to have their, their bits and pieces of surgery and then try and catch up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it makes a massive difference. It allows teams an extra, you know, especially for the ones that didn't make the, the eight, an extra four weeks to obviously get that base fitness before Christmas. It allows them also to mm-hmm. be able to structure up game plans, uh, yep. a number of different factors. Also, um, if, they, if a couple of players go down early, they've got the ability to, to pick the ones out uh, and bring them out on the supplementary players. There's many, mm-hmm. many facets to it. That yep. saying, if you said to me, Chris, would you prefer an extra four weeks at the end of uh, a season yeah, and your team not making finals or would you prefer yep. four weeks less and your team making finals? I know what it's definitely going to be. It's going to be option, a, uh, option B. You know, the joy that yep. you go watching your team play finals, you, you, can't, you can't get that. So I just think that, once again, I keep saying that premierships are not won in March. Mm-hmm. It's going to take those teams a couple of weeks to, to, to find their groove. The difference though, is that because the competition is so close now, the way, the ones where you'd be able to pick up a cheap win here and there, you yeah. don't have that as much anymore, except for teams like maybe Gold Coast, St. Yep. Kilda, anyone yep. outside those two, you're not going to have an easy run mm. as you mm. may have a couple of years ago. It's going to be yep. closer than a lot of people think this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I, and I think there is something, as you said, to that month extra, because you know, I talk about training and training is sort of one thing I do sort of know a bit about um, in, in terms of four weeks. Four weeks makes a massive difference. You take any athlete and give them four weeks extra to do that base mileage or it's an extra week of recovery to build and grow muscle um, or uh, 
really anything sharpen up their skills, four weeks is a huge amount of time to really make someone in peak fitness come round one or JLT. Um, the reason why the Melbournes and those sort of teams don't get the four weeks in the West Coast is because it's an AFL player's rule now where they cannot start pre-season early because they went so deep in September. Officially. So, Chris, would you... Officially. Would you... Correct. What If Melbourne, as a footy player... Yep. Do you feel... And, and you're someone who's played the game for, for 101 years. <laughs> yeah. Did you need that extra time after final series? Or did uh, you... Or you can't get back into it? Oh, look. I think the older you get, the more rest you need. Um, but yep. you know, we're only training two nights a week and playing on games. If you decide to go to the gym or anything outside or go for a run, et cetera, that, yep. that was totally up to yourself. And I know a lot of people that didn't. I know a lot of people that did. Um, I, I did it because you, you build up that amount of uh, fitness throughout the entire season. You'd hate to lose that Yeah. before you came back. Um, yep. But mind you, ours never started four weeks after. You'd finish maybe around mid to late August mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. start maybe early November. So you've still got yep. September, October. You've probably almost got a 10 week break. Yeah. Four week break. Yep. So it's a bit different. Yep. Um, and a preseason for us would be still two nights, maybe three nights a week. Yeah. There'd be mm-hmm. your running, etc. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, you were coming home buggered, but you weren't like not being able to walk for the next few days. Yeah, uh, but I would I would say though that whenever you, you did get you did see injuries etc., it would take a lot longer to get back, and you would see a lot of players who who would struggle to get in uh, game one or struggle to get games in round one because of their fitness, but they would get them because of name reputation. And I think yeah. that's happened a couple of times over this weekend where players have played on a uh, name and reputation rather than fitness, and mm-hmm. they've been caught out caught out quite largely as well. Yeah. So I think that yeah they do need they do need that rest. Um, yeah. But I think there's a but lot of other factors. But it does make a difference. It it definitely does make a difference, um, especially yeah. in such a professional sport as as AFL is these days. You know, an extra yeah. an extra day a week would make a massive amount. Of, an extra session or two makes a massive amount of difference. Yeah. So it does, and like I said, you have a look at some of the teams who who've really started off well mm-hmm. round one. Like I said, the ones who had the big wins were the ones that started with that longer preseason. Now, what yep. will happen is, is though, with those teams that have got the skill and the player group who did start late, my uh-huh. feeling is, is as the season starts to get a bit of momentum, probably maybe round four onwards, Yeah, if they can keep in touch, they'll start to, to really build their fitness and then the skills will really start to take, take over. And yeah. the reverse, those younger teams that have started off quite well will yeah. start to tire as well. So, you know, if you have a look at the, the ladder now and come back to yeah. halfway through the season, mind you, it's only oh, yeah. you, you will notice that there will be a, different, a, a bit of a flip in the, in the results. July, August, when that, when that freezing cold Melbourne weather just gets to the bones. Exactly right. So, yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't lock in, like I said, you don't, you don't win the premiership in, in, in March, April, but you do set yourself up for success. And do set yourself up. You want to be banking the wins now rather than chasing tail because we've seen it over the last couple of years, the teams that have chased tail. North Melbourne last year, Melbourne the year before that. Left it too late, missed out. Too bad, too sad. Get those extra four weeks. Yep. 
Uh-huh. Um, ACL injuries. We've had three in one week. Now, mind you, I was, I was actually pretty sad to see Rancy go down last week. Yeah. Um, he can be a pain in the ass. He's got great looks and a massive rig and pretty white teeth. But to see him go down, especially after we've just been talking about it, doing a whole preseason and going down in round one, there couldn't be anything worse than a play of that. I think the only thing worse than that would be hurting yourself preliminary final weekend and your team is the red-hot favourite going in and you've won by 10 goals. <laughs> that would be, I reckon, worse. Um, Ed Vickers-Willis went down, Tom Doty. So three in one week. And if you add on also yeah. the previous week in the AFLW, I think there was also another Fremantle player. So you could say there's always yeah. been four ACLs in the week. Is it tough luck? Is it the grounds? Um, I don't know. Your thoughts? I, yeah. I have a bit of an idea, but what do you reckon? Well, you are. Remember, for the people who don't know out there, Jamie was ranked uh, number nine in the world for his age group uh, in triathlon. So he was a he was and still is a unit of fitness or Mister Fitness, as I, I sometimes like to call him. So he'd be he'd better suited to answer this question. Um, look, I I think it's a uh, I think I think it goes two ways. I think that the grounds are probably a bit hard this time of the year. Um, we're coming out of our dry summer we've had on you know probably on record for a long time. Um, and there's a couple of factors that probably play in. People want to people want to see a fast game. People don't want to see a soft, slow, mushy game. The ground is still probably rock hard. Um, and I think it's probably a combination of a bit of everything. I think the grounds are too hard. They're probably the grass is still a bit long. Uh, and, I, and I also think that it's it's footy. It's a it's a it's a brutal sport. It's a brutal part, thing on the on the lower limbs, but it's footy. It's just what happens. There's a lot of stopping. There's a lot of twisting, um, and unfortunately, these three players have just copped it. I think and it's, it's one just, week. And, and I actually, you know, looking at is it tough luck or is it the grounds? I, I don't think it's the grounds. Yeah. Um, I just honestly, our game is a three sixty degree game. Yeah. And if you have a look how they've done their needs. I know Ranty went back, but Vickers, mm-hmm. Willis, and Doty, they were just almost landing or changing. Oh, landing ones. And it, it just has to be that I think these the, the, the athletes' bodies are so finely tuned, like a, like a Formula One race car. Yep. You only need one nick to one of those uh, front-end air diffusers, et cetera, and it can just throw the whole car out. And I think yep. it's the same thing here. One, one degree off a perfect landing or um, you know, a stop gets caught in the ground for an extra a tenth of a second is all that it needs to have that body that's so finely adapted and worked on and you know, no ounces of fat, lean, mean, running football machines for it to completely fall in a, in a heap. I was at the yeah. game where Jake Lever did his knee last year and mm-hmm. all he did was not even change direction. He just If you have a look at that footage, he just followed his man and his knee just yeah. went. Yep. And... Um, Alex Johnson last year, same thing. We know he'd had his issues with knees. He just pulled up at the at the boundary line and his knees pops again. Yeah. So I just think that there's probably players that are very susceptible from it from a, a DNA perspective. Yeah. But I also just think it's just how fit they are. There is almost no room for no room for, for anything to go wrong. And you know, it is a bit of bad luck as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's 
It's just because I think it's three in one week, I think probably is what the shock factor is in it all. Um, and being Rant's a big-name player and Tom Duday from Adelaide. Duday also, or well, I was sort of, I, I, I'll, I'll say Duday. Oh, the Doa deer, a female deer. And Rance, a pocket full of sun. But, you know, he's, he, he's a, you know, he's, he's a, he's a really promising talent for them. Um, and probably one of their up, up and coming stars. He was good for them last year. And then for this to happen, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I it, don't know. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, look, I, I, I just think it's bad luck. It's bad yeah. Because they're not impact injuries. It's just landing injuries. Things that they have done tens of thousands of times throughout preseason and, and warm up games and etc. It's just, it's just. Can you strengthen that area though? Can, do you reckon you can strengthen that area? Like I know they do a lot of gym work, but can you do a lot of strength um, conditioning through, um, like, through through the ACL, through the PCL, the other side of the, of the. It's a, it's a tendon. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a medical man. I am Dr Pepper, but. Uh, that's a doctor in love, not medicine. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he can strengthen tendons. I think he can strengthen no. the muscles around them. I think it was. I've got a feeling that there, who was the Collingwood player last year that did his knee and came back for finals? Can you remember? Um, no. Anyway, I've gone blank. But what he did was is that he actually spent time doing squats whilst the right. knee before the operation to strengthen the muscles around the knee. So when he had the operation, he knew that the muscles were going to wither away as they all do uh, atrophy. And so he decided if I, if I make them bigger than they need to be now, when the atrophy does come in, when I'm able to start again, it won't be, I have to start at a 25% base. I could start at maybe the 50, 60% base. So he was able to come back a lot quicker and and he, he made finals. Oh, there was a Tyson was a gold sack. Might've been Tyson gold sack. He came back and, he was able to play football in the same season. So you can do those sort of things, but in terms of strengthening the tendon, you, you, you can't put muscle on a tendon. You can't strengthen a tendon from, from, from my knowledge. Now I could be wrong out there. Listeners, if I am um, provide a comment below in the, uh, on the lace out page or send us a tweet, lace out podcast at Twitter and Facebook. But yeah, I just think it's just bad luck. One thing that hasn't yeah. been bad luck though, I will say has been the 666 scoring. Uh, it was going to apparently change the world. After uh, round one, and interestingly enough, looking at the scores, there was a whopping two teams that scored over a hundred points. Sorry, yes, three teams scrolled up too high. Three teams that scored. It's round one. Yep. It's round one. Uh, I, I wouldn't be too phased about it. I think it, I think it does open it up if you can get that clearance out of the middle, but outside mm-hmm. of that, I don't think it makes much of a difference. Yep, yep. Uh, I think. No need to panic just yet. It's as I said, it's it's round one. We've got a small body of evidence just yet, and from what we saw in the JLT games um, and what we did see from a couple of those games where they where they did kick quite poorly, um, there were a couple of hundred pointers on on the cards if they actually kicked a little bit straighter. If they did kick straighter, anything anything can happen. Um, look, the, the doggies kicked eleven sixteen. How, how how have we got? Such professional sports players, yet kicking for goals getting worse every year. Um, look, I think there's a couple I, of factors. I think look, I, I think there's a couple of factors. Yeah. My factors are. I don't think they practice enough. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that once again, they don't practice enough on the run because they miss a lot of shots on the run, the set shot ones. But I also, I think that they are so buggered from all of the running that they do. Yeah. That they just, you can practice it as much as you want at training. I get that. But they need to almost do a 400 meter sprint or a 300 meter sprint and then have a set shot. Yeah. That's a way of conditioning. Cause I just think that they're absolutely cooked from all of the running that they can't yeah. compose themselves enough. But I'll tell you what, can we, can I just jump in with a bit of a, uh, a bit of an, or should I save it for the what's hot, what's not? Cause I have a, I have a beautiful what's not that relates to this. And okay. Can I, can I rip it out now? Yeah, go for it. Now. Right. What, what's not hot or what's not is Matthew Richardson. Now, on the Friday night, he was talking about how they could improve goal kicking. And his answer, or um, what would be the word I would use, recommendation or observation, would be, and he reckons this, and he is not taking the piss when he says that, if we paint the goalposts a different colour, it'll improve Mm -hmm. goal kicking. Yep. I want to know how. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i've got no idea the other thing that i think could throw them a little bit is because the mm-hmm. goalposts are so high from mm-hmm. a visual perspective it looks like it's a lot smaller than it normally would be because i was surprised how big the, the posts are at the mcg yeah almost hitting, they're almost hitting the second deck of the the mcc stand that's how high they are I, yeah, but I think that is just an absolute wank, isn't it? Paint the post a different colour and they'll kick straight. Oh, let's make them pink and say so they'll kick more goals. Doesn't that would have to be sense. one of the stupidest things to come out of that guy's mouth. Literally. Yeah. And I can't stand him enough as it is. I don't know if you saw the kick the other night. I think he was on that. Did you watch it? No, I'm apparently, apparently no one watched it. That's how good it was. I'm not watch the uh, no, I'm not going to watch that. It's absolute poo. But that is one of the stupidest things. So Matthew Richardson, in your suggestion for making goal kicking accuracy improve, you're a wank and that's a not in my book. Enough said. Yeah. Rightio. Um, okay, let's... Let's... Um, are you be hungry? I'm, I'm, I'm always hungry. I'm peckish. I'm a little bit peckish. I think it might be time to um, head over to the kitchen. Go to the kitchen. Head yeah. out to the kitchen yeah. and open up the fridge, get the goods out and um, cook something in the fry pan. Who are we cooking this week? Jamie Wallace. All right. So for this week's fry pan, I've got Essendon in my fry pan this week. Essendon. Okay. Yeah. My fry pan. So let's, sorry, yeah, let me sorry. let me just let me just let me just take a seat because I'm going to enjoy every second of this. Tell me about it. All right. So the reason why Essendon are in my fry pan this week in 2018, Essendon finished the season in 12th spot in a glut of other teams, including the Kangaroos and Port, each with 12 wins from the season, one win short of the finals. They were a fast, exciting, running team that backed themselves with toughness in the clearance and the speed of the spread. In the off-season, they traded in Dylan Scheel, a midfield beast, Irving Mosquito, a goal sneak from the Hawthorne Academy, and Zach Clark, a ruckman who played for free to support Bell Chambers. Add to a team of Dyson, 
Zach Merritt, sorry, Dyson Heppel, Zach Merritt, Darcy Parrish, who somehow didn't make their best 22. Because he's a spud. David Zacharakis and Devin Smith. David who? Zacharakis, Zacharakis, sorry. <laughs> Zacharakis, I mean, Zacharakis. Yeah, Smith, yep. And Devin, and Devin Smith. So it's fair to say the expectations were pretty high for the fans coming into this season. And they should have been for anyone who watched last season especially after what appeared to be landing the second biggest and hottest name in the trade behind Lynch. Oh, no, Stephen May. (laughs) (laughs) But that's true, though. That's true. The way that they finished off the season was... was, was I'll play some scary good football. Scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they only just missed missed the finals one game. They got Dylan Shealy and... If you know any Essendon supporters, he was he was the difference. He mm. was the difference with a fit Joe Danaher as well. Yeah. Okay. So what they delivered up on the weekend, the first round for the supporters, would have left many thinking, what the fridge. They got smashed, minus 62 on disposals, plus eight in clangers. But the most damning stat, I think, of them all, is they lost the tackle count to a team that defeated them by 72 points. The whole point is if you haven't got the ball, you should be at least trying to get the ball back. The lack of effort across the field was very evident. From kick-ins to tackles, no one gave a stuff. You can look across the team and you see the senior players who should have led the way. Set the example. But unfortunately, it was left to too few whilst the many just strolled around. This team had a whole month extra to prepare for this game, to build the hype, yet Essendon were the ones who looked unfit, unskilled and uninterested. Sizzle, 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 J-Dog. Wow. Um, I could not have put that better. Actually, I yep. can't. No, what? This shit. It was deplorable, their effort on the weekend. You know what? To top it off, their fitness guy has quit yep. after one round. Yep. Their best on the weekend was Zaharakis, Heppel, and Shoot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Th- they have no leaders, like like big boy leaders on there. Mm, Heppel's no one. Yeah. Zaharakis, yeah. Zaharakis, yeah. Shield, yeah. Now, let's have a look who the best were for GWS. Canelio? Like Taranto, Taranto yep. is third season. Cameron Whitfield Hopper, young player. Tomlinson yep. again, and Taylor. I don't know Taylor, yep. but they just seem to have leaders at GWS. Which you know what? I didn't think that they would. And the ones that they've brought into the team would just say that they're quieter individuals, that they don't get around and spark up and have a bit of voice. Is this for Essendon? Essendon, yeah. I just don't think that they've got anyone that you would sit back and go, all right, I'm going to listen to you. Just because well, you've yeah. got, just you got right. the C next to your name, I don't yep. just, what I say, uh, leadership is a mindset, not a title. So just because yep. you that captain next to your name, does that make you a leader? Like, was there anyone in that Essendon team who did anything that make you sit back from a player's perspective or even yep. a... Um, uh, a spectator's perspective to go. Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow that guy in the battle because I know mm-hmm. that he is going to do whatever it takes 
I just don't think they've got anyone who's who's along that track. Yeah, I agree. And I actually sat down with uh, the father-in-law on the Sunday and we're just watching the game and just watching this team just going through the motions. And we're having a conversation. We're just going, if you look across the list of Essendon, goes back to your point, who are the leaders and the list that they've composed now just seems to be it's and bits sort of players. Like Jakey Stringer, he couldn't put five games together um, at a consistent level. You've got you've got uh, who's the who's the other one? Oh who's the who's the who's a kid what's his name? Merritt? Yeah, well Merritt Merritt is consistent. Merritt is consistent. Um so you've got Stringer, you've got uh, Fantasia. Yeah, he's in there. Once again, flash in the pan. Like, he's good. When he's good, he's good. When Stringer is good, he's good. Downhill skiers. Uh, they're a bunch of downhill skiers. Yeah, I just... There's no one there that you've got. You know what? They're going... Every every week, they're going to get the 27 possessions. They're going to do the one percenters. They're going to do this. They're, like, they're dependable. As Clarko calls them, role players. Who in that team is a role player? Who in that team can do that? They, I, I, I don't see it. And if you have a look at their form over the GLT, it wasn't anything to stand out and go, wow, they lost no. to S- they lost to Carlton. No. They lost their next match after that. Do you, do you think that there's just no buy-in from this group? Is, uh, is, you know, they keep talking about Brendan Bolton or Richardson and these guys being in trouble. But Yeah. John Warsfold. <sighs> Tip and Woody, that's another player I was talking about. Yeah. Once again, one, one, one or two good games, and that's it. Yep. You and get six games a season, six game, six good games a season at a tip of Woody, I reckon. And you know what? They're playing St Kilda this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happens if Essendon lose to St Kilda? It's a fact we're going to have to listen to every St Kilda supporter that I know talk yep. about how good they are. They'll still bag Richo out. I know that for a fact. But <laughs> he is going to be in some serious trouble, Worsfold. He'd have to be. Yeah. Wouldn't he? he would yeah, have to. Be. I think so. Because they had this. Remember last year they were going through a similar sort of bad spurt, and they mm-hmm. made changes. Mark Neal left, and there was a couple of other things that will happen, and they got the they got it back on track. Yep. We're one round in now. There's something else that we're going to bring up in the uh, from the viewer questions, which relates to this. Mm. But are we also too quick to shoot down teams after one round? Oh, we could look back and look like absolute idiots in round twenty, and they're making the top four. Absolutely. But at the moment, it looks like they're leaderless. They've got no skills. Yep. And their list is pretty ordinary, just full of those clo- uh, list cloggers. Yeah, I don't think they've got the hard grunt side of things. That's definitely missing from them. You know, remember when they used to be running around in the, in the, in the 2000s, they had Mark Johnson, uh, Jason <laughs> Johnson. They had these guys that you just... Uh, um, uh, oh, the two big boys. Um, oh, I've gone blank. Just, they were just, you know, Essendon's back line, you wouldn't mess with them. Their forward line was just cheeky. Herd was yeah. running around. Alessio was there. Uh, Barnsley was running around. Like, you'd, 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 be, you'd line up next to this bloke, uh, mate. I'm, if this guy's going down, I'm going down with him because I know that we're not going down without a fight. I don't yeah. see that. And there's, and, you know, there's a few teams. My team was one of those on the weekend. I, I just didn't see anybody willing to take it up to, to your mob. Your mob destroyed us. 
Port were mm-hmm. amazing. That's the best I've seen Port Adelaide play in a long, long time. Even to the fact that your coach said it was the best game he's ever been associated with at the club in the eight years he's been there. That is a yeah. big, big call. Yeah. Massive call. You decimated us. And we'll talk about it when we have a chat about the, the David Roden Cup. But yeah. they were, um, yeah, that was nothing short of a, a smashing. Well, let's talk about it. All right, well. Any more to add to the fry pan? Uh, no, I just think that was, that was a nice one. I've, um, I've had a nice little feast on Essendon's carcass. Um, and then I might just sit back and enjoy uh, a sip out of the David Roden Cup, which unfortunately is now sitting on the mantle at uh, Casa Della Wallace, I think, for 2019. That's, we only play once, do we, this year? I think we only play once. That's a shame. Uh, unless we go to Darwin, or it might be a Darwin game or a, a Perth game, <laughs> a Darwin game, an Alice Springs yeah. game, or one of those ones that we usually have. But I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, it's on your mantle at the moment, the David Roden Cup. It is. It is. It is. So, first off, Peps. Huge thank you to yourself. Uh, for those who didn't catch up with our live videos, Chris is uh, an MCC member and he invited me to, for my first time ever sitting in the MCC. So I got to sit with him and his uh, brother-in-law and, and, and a couple of kids there will come along as well. So thank you for inviting me to the uh, Saturday game. Pleasure, pleasure. It was great. We started in the bull ring, a couple of beers. I think you were, you were highly impressed by the uh, MCC. I think when you walked in, you were a little bit, oh my goodness, is this, yeah. is this what it's all about? It's, it's class. Exactly. It's just class. Yeah. Pots in proper pots. Pots in glasses. Like, the proper MCC handles. And the MCC ale. I, did, I must admit, I was listening to um, the D's podcast today. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks to the guys at the D's podcast. I had a bit of a chat with them during the week. Just about a couple of things. So thank you very much. A great podcast for any of your footballer, uh, Melbourne supporters, or even just if you want to have a bit of a laugh at two guys who just love their football, love their football club, check out these podcasts. But they were talking about how they turned up. And I was the same. I was looking, where's the fat yak? The fat yak had disappeared. And it'd be oh. replaced. Yeah, they replaced the fat yak with the uh, MCC ale. And right. I do agree with them. It was actually quite nice for the first couple. And then it was like, yeah, it's, we, we need something different here. We need something different. Yeah. We, ended well, up- we did. We had. We did two and then I'm back on the draft. Back on the draft. Back on the draft. So we smashed three before the the bounce. Um, Mm -hmm. Left my daughter and my my niece to to mine the seats. And they did an admirable job. Absolutely. um, The game started and after about 10 minutes, we thought, here we go. The D's have three goals up. And I was sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my God, longest day ever coming up. And what did I say to you? Suck shit. No, I didn't. I actually said... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey, mate. This is Melbourne. And when we, were in the, when we were in the bull ring early on, I grabbed a couple of Melbourne supporters. I said, hey, um, so just asking you, and I didn't know these people, just you a little bit nervous today? And they're like, yep, yep, yep. Everybody except one guy said, yep, yep, yep. I said, and Jamie's like, no. No, nah, I thought it was going to be a loss. Nah, you said 60 points. I and did. On stage, we thought it could have been. But <laughs> don't understand. You, you don't follow Melbourne. You do not know what it's like. Yeah, we are the yo-yos up one week, down the next. It it just happens. Ten minutes in, we thought, here we go. They looked a million bucks. You looked as slow as slow as anything. I thought, here we go. We're gonna be in for a good day here. But I won't rub it into Jamie just yet because anything can happen, and everything that pretty much could happen did after quarter time. And well, I'll put it this way: Um, the back slapping that I was giving Jamie for the first ten minutes was never to be seen again. 
And uh, as as per normal, the Melbourne faithful turned on their mm. uh, turned on their own players very very easily. But you you picked us apart. You were simply amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you know. I mean, we made comment during the game, but Port just appeared to have players everywhere, but actually attack the ball, actually hunt the ball. Um, and, and then have players on the outside to, to flick it either a handball back to, to free up the space. Um, but we were noticing how much space um, the poor players had to, to switch kick to do whatever they wanted to do. We, Melbourne were very much going down the middle. And one thing that they did again and again, and you can ask any, any Melbourne supporter, what were they doing in the forward line? They were just kicking it and hoping. Because yep. you guys were getting back. But your spread, like we, we mm-hmm. couldn't keep up. We we no. couldn't we couldn't get back fast enough. If it wasn't for Christian Salem, who was magnificent on the day, and probably yep. one of the only Melbourne players that could hold his head up high after that performance, I think it was twenty six points we lost by. That could have been a hell of a lot more. If you yeah. started playing like the way you did in the last three quarters, and yet the worst thing was going into the last quarter, there wasn't much of a difference between the two teams. No, and there was one. One moment in that game that just turned the entire the entire thing around. Melbourne get a doing some magnificent play. They go down the members' wing, shoot it uh, into uh, the centre half forward to Nathan Jones. And I haven't seen him do this in a long time, but he it's almost like he played on before he got it. Yeah. He drops it. Now, at that stage, I think there was 10 points in the game. Yep, 10 points. Yep. He drops it. Uh, rebound straight back up the other end of the ground. And then I think the, uh, the bearded Avenger, Justin Westhoff, yep. goes back and kicks his uh, fourth or fifth of the day, puts you up by 16. Yep. And then after that, there was no go. Yep. And Travis Boak sprinted oh. 80 metres to get the hard handball, get the pass onto Marshall, the kick onto, onto Westhoff. It was almost it was almost like Bokey went, you know what? I'm not the captain anymore. I can do what I want and I'm gonna do it. He was just he he was your best player. I know Westoff has got the votes over the weekend, but he was magnificent. Yeah, Rockcliffe? He, oh, 44. Uh, 44, but you know, normally Harmsy normally Harmsy would go to him, but Harmsy went to somebody else. Now could you imagine if Ollie Wines was there? Yeah. And Dixon as well. It could have been an absolute massacre. It could have been yeah. a massacre. Um, and my daughter wanted to go. I don't know if you heard me. I was like, Dad, can we go? Dad, can we go? I'm like, nope. This is a life lesson, honey. Don't leave the footy early. You never <laughs> leave the footy. You're going to celebrate the wins and you're going to experience the losses. She's like, yeah. yeah. So she was a little bit disappointed by that. But, you know, even... Um, that's, one, that's one thing I was surprised at is how hard the Melbourne supporters turn on their own. I've heard, I reckon from the third quarter onwards, Jonesy should retire this year. Ex-captain, the guy who bled for the club, yep. and Petrarca is basically a waste of space. <laughs> Why is it Melbourne supporters get so harsh on those two, or just get really turned nasty on their own players? They're easy targets. It's as simple as that. And I and mm. I I can't stand it. There was a guy. Did you see the guy that was sitting next to us on the edge of the edge of the walkway? And some of the comments that were coming out of his mouth. So, uh, did you see? <laughs> no, I, had you, I had I had you behind me, bloody telling me, just yelling out stuff all game. Oh, this, this guy was this parrot next to us. He was just ripping stuff out, and I was just looking at him, going, "Mate, you have no, 
no idea whatsoever. Yeah. Like he, they were picking, he was picking on Gorney and Gorney got absolutely smashed. That was one of the, that was a, an amazing piece of pre-planning that they did. They just smashed him. And they knew if, if only you guys had another rock you could play. Pardon? If only you guys had another rock on your list well, that we, you could have played. We did. We, did. we had Big Prusy. But Big Prusy <laughs> had a bit of a, a bit of an abductor strain. And so that's why they put him through the, through the VFL. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was, it was really tough to swallow. Then I saw some of the results that happened over the weekend with a number of the other top, top teams who were expected to do well this year go down. Yeah. And then I, I haven't felt, I haven't felt as bad, but I just want us to get off to a, a decent start to the season. Look, I know the talent's there. May comes back this week. Lever will be back. Mitch Hanna makes a massive difference to the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we throw in Vandenberg as well too. Joel Smith will be, you know, we've probably got a good five or six best 22 to still come back in, which, you know, yeah. you can only play who you've got available. But yeah. Jones didn't look fit. He dropped another sitter at, at centre-half forward and that turned into another goal as well, if you remember that. Um, yeah. Apparently, Viney played. Didn't look like it because he was... He was he was taking the big breaths pretty much from quarter time on. And a lot yeah. of the players just looked, looked really, really underdone. So it was probably yeah. the and worst. The that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And the fact, and the fact that Gorn got such a working over means that you guys weren't getting first, uh, first track at the, at, at the clearances. So that doesn't help your, doesn't help your team and your style. No. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I think the thing, I wouldn't be surprised if Geelong do that again with us this week, but they've only got Reece Stanley in the rack, but he's also done well yeah. against Gorn. Uh, yeah. I don't stop. I don't. You know, I think Gordy will come out and absolutely you know, redeem himself this week, no doubts. Yeah. I'm probably just a little bit disappointed that uh, a couple of the other guys didn't go out and fly the flag a little bit higher. And it doesn't have to be anything, you know, cracking skulls, breaking hearts sort of thing. But you know, just getting into the younger bloke. When you got younger blokes laughing at a two-time All Australian, that's that's pretty disgraceful. I don't know if you saw that. Two of no, your, <laughs> your young ragam having a crack. I loved it. Gordy. I loved it. Yeah, you would love it. Yeah. But um. I loved it. But even like Jack Watts, like that's probably the best game he's played on the MCG. At a half back. A half back. Which he's probably his best a, season. A, the best season he had at the D's was down at half back. Yep. Uh, you know he hasn't had the easiest rough uh, easiest off season. Look, he, he you know he was thrown under the bus by the club. His heart was always in yeah. the right place. I never. I won't say a bad thing. Yeah, he's made personal decisions. Yeah. He has to live with. But from a football, well, everyone, everyone, everyone who's met him says he's a different bloke. Yeah. It was just good to see him yeah. have a good game yeah. against our team. And I think a lot of players, you know, there weren't a lot of people. And if anyone booed him, you can go and get stuffed because that's piss weak. All right? <laughs> I, I can't stand the whole booing aspect. You can boo if you don't like someone. But because they've gone, he didn't go. He, we, we got rid of him. Yeah, you fired him. Yeah. It wasn't like what uh, Lever did to Adelaide. You, you can understand them all players, why why they would boot because he left yep. the club to come yep. to us, which was a smart yep. choice. Um, but he got pushed out by the club. You can't boo him for that. Where else is he going to go? St. Kilda? Ooh. Nah. They, they, that's, um, a, that's, 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 that's a, another, another pile of... No, they, they, only hire, they, only, they only target the big fish at St. Kilda. Like they Dan, do. Like Dan Hanabry. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's working out well for them, isn't it? All righty. Let's go quickly through the games. All right. Quickly. Uh, do you want to go quickly through the games? Yeah, quick, quick, just very quickly. Just quickly, right. quickly, quickly, quickly. Quick, 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 quick. All right. So, yep. quick, quick, um, all righty. Quickly through the games. Uh, Richmond, Carl- Geelong, what would you like? What would you like out of one thing out of each game, we'll say? Um, out of Carlton and Richmond? 
Yep. Uh, sorry, uh, two things. Tom Lynch could have yep. kicked an absolute bag. And I mm-hmm. did like Sam Walsh. And I will throw a third thing in. I thought Carlton, okay. um, even though they did get beaten by 33, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, yep. Carl, uh, what about Collingwood and Geelong? What did you like? I liked the intense rivalry between my friends who are Geelong and Collingwood supporters. Yep. The group chat on my phone was going off all night, so I love that. Yep. Uh, I liked the last-minute goal, last-minute-and-a-half goal. Yep. Um, and I like that the Friday Night Football slot was actually a good one this year. It's good to see, definitely. And I think it's going to be another good one this week, uh, which is going to be Collingwood and is it Adelaide, I think. I think it's Collingwood and Adelaide. No, no. Friday, no. Sydney and Adelaide. Sydney and Adelaide. Sorry, Sydney and Adelaide, which is going to be a bumper because if the Crows go down again, um, Melbourne and uh, Port Adelaide. Look, I can't say much about this game. I might look from a Melbourne perspective. Uh, they did bring three debutants in. One mm-hmm. of those being Tom Sparrow. First game, late call up. I thought he was for a first game. It wasn't too it was shabby. Good. It's now worst. Um, you've also got Corey Wagner, who played his first game for the D's. Uh, he wasn't. His, wasn't the worst. And Marty Hall. Look, he, he saw that much ball coming down to him uh, on Saturday. But once again. Yeah. He tried his guts out. He wasn't our worst. So I think there was something there to, to smile about. But yeah. um, and, and also and for me, it's rookies for rookies for me. Probably the rookies, Evergreen Westoff, uh, and Rockliffe, Jack Watts, and Travis Boak, um, having rippers. Yep. Uh, what about you, Adelaide and Hawthorne? Adelaide going down. <laughs> um, Hawthorne wrecking my tips. That was annoying. Um, and yeah, that was it. That's it. I think Adelaide going down is my favourite part. Yeah, I'll look, I think everybody. Uh, look, the, the, the things that I, I took out of this game really quickly was um, James Warple, how he slid so low in the draft. I, I, I can't see it. Even yep. Alistair Clarkson said he was Brad, uh, Brad Hodge. Um, Luke Hodge 2.0. Um, yep. And the other thing being that, once again, Alistair Clarkson is able to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. And a team that yep. everybody, including myself, thought had no hope this year, have come out, taken the Crows on on their own um, paddock and, and pumped them by the tune of 32 points. Really exciting stuff. Yep. Um, doggies and the Swans. Um, I'll start doggies with this one. Swans? Yeah, Doggies. Look, once again, Sydney, I think they, they are now on the slide. I think it's official on the slide. Uh, I think yep. it was just great to see the Doggies, doggies get a, a, a really good win. Because they haven't yep. had the greatest luck over the last. Uh, but uh, Aaron Norton up, up front kicking three and Billy Gow was kicking two. They've got, they've got some good kids there. And if you have a look at their best, it was Norton, okay. But Bontempelli, he's a gun. Yep. It was great to see Libba, Wallace, McRae, Hunter. Those last yep. five names have not been in the best like that for quite a long time, for a couple of seasons. So if they can get those guys back, you know, maybe, just maybe, yep. they can start that climb up the ladder. And more importantly... Yep. Um, I think one other thing, Gillian McLaughlin, brown-nosing Matt Damon and Chris Hemsworth in the box. I don't know if you saw that, but he, he was handbagging those two something chronic on the weekend. Yeah, and I think the Bulldogs holding off Sydney, um, even though Sydney are on a bit of a slide at the moment, uh, is always a good confidence builder, so that's good for the Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, Brisbane and the Eagles? I loved everything about Brisbane, what they've done. I love the processes. I like the game plan. Uh, and now they don't look like they're just... Headless chooks running around. No, 
I think I thing, love it. What I what I really like, I, got, I was pretty bullish on Brisbane last year. Still very very bullish on them. A few years ago, everybody wanted to walk out that door. No one wanted yep. to play there. Now, yep. someone said this on the radio today, and I'm actually thinking about it. Lockie Neal could win a Brownlow up there. Mm-hmm. He could win a Brownlow up there. He he he's a player who decided to go from Perth to come over yep. to to Gold Coast and be part of that group. Yep. They have got that much upside about them, and they're all young. Uh, that just shows what Chris Fage, Chris Fagan, Hodge have done for that group. Um, yep. They they are they. I think I I had them either just out. I think I just had them out of my eight. I won't have to look look back yep. at that. But I'm not going to jump into it too early. I don't want to go too early. Um, Saints and Suns. Well, I had Brisbane in my eight, but well, one thing with Brisbane. Yep. Uh, they only let West Coast kick two goals for the rest of the game after the first quarter. That's amazing. What well on Brisbane? That's that's that is, that amazing. is impressive. That is impressive. Um, the sorry, yes, no, that's uh, St Kilda Gold Coast. St Kilda Gold Coast. Two meter Peter. Two meter. Like, that's all it needs to be said. Yep. Um, I think the, the 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 best thing I took out of that game was the fact I was uh, in the cinemas watching Captain Marvel with my family and didn't have to watch that game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, mind you, I did watch. I did watch a smidge during the previews because there was nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. But um, look, I, I would have loved to have seen the Suns get over just to see what would have happened. Just to see what would have happened. Um, GWS and um, Essendon. Look, it was a seventy-two yep. point shellacking. The biggest thing I took out of that was simply uh, Stephen Cornelio. Cornelio mm-hmm. uh, is back. The, the Italian, Italian ice cream. The Italian, Italian ice cream. The Italian ice cream. Um, well, if you have a look at if you have a look at the uh, the double up, Cornelio and Taranto, uh, mm-hmm. they were they were fantastic. Uh, they are going yep. to be danger. They had a lot of injuries, and if you have a look at the talent they've still got out of that team to come back in, it, 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 it's scary. That they if they get if they get it all right, and I know we've been saying it for a while, but if they get it all right, watch yeah. out. Watch out! Top four is definitely not out of their, um, definitely not out of their radar. Um, and Essendon's turnovers are terrible too, so that was interesting to watch. No, oh, they're just crap. Um, and hey, here we go. This is the last one, the interesting one. Frio and North. Cam McCarthy, mm. good on him. Looks, uh, looks yep. like he's had a meal or two, which is brilliant. He's thickened yep. out. Um, he's come out and kicked five. Unrecognizable, doesn't he look now? He just—he just completely unrecognizable. He looked like he was playing with a freedom, no injuries. He was just—he was just loving his football. Uh, yeah, and and also, a Ross Lyon team that kicks three on goals. When was the last time a team under Ross Lyon kicked that many goals? Yeah, I can't remember. No, they've had—they've had thirty-six scoring shots. Yeah, well, that's 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 a massacre. Um, yeah, North there—they're no good. Well, North, but remember, North, um, North did some big recruiting on the year as well. Got Pollock from Port Adelaide on yep. big money. And Pittard. And Pittard, it hasn't worked. And Hall, Tyson as well. Yeah, Tyson. There's one, yeah. More, there's one more off the top of my head, I can't remember. But yeah, they had five, you know, big pickups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but none of them were world beaters. I think maybe Pollock, but let's be frank, he went for over 750 grand, apparently, over X amount of years. I would go too. Yeah, for sure. I would go to. Hey, um, nice little roundup there. Look, last thing we wanted to do before we uh, wrap up this edition and just give you a bit of a, a tie-up, we had some uh, listener questions come in over the last couple of days, so I want to quickly run through those. 
Um, have you got them up in front of you, or do you want me to roll them out? I I do I do have them up in front of me. All right, go for it. Who's now? Do you want to read the name out of the the person who's asked the question? Uh, yeah, sure. Can pronounce the surname. <laughs> I'm gonna have a crack at the first one. All right, go big. All right, go for it. All right, so thank you very much, listener. We've got the first one is Edmund. Yeah, Big Ed. I oh, know Big Ed. Big Ed Bullerun. Okay, so he said. So, so, the, so the question this week. Uh, two of your listeners was what was hot and what was not in round one. Yep. He said Saints win hot, Melbourne not. Okay. Um, Ed, get stuffed. <laughs> Is that <laughs> all for Ed? As you're one by point, Ed. You're one by point. Mate, that's not hot. That's lukewarm. That's like one degree above freezing. Don't get too carried away with it, son. And Melbourne were crap. I know that. You don't have to tell me again. All right. They got four votes. So obviously a, a very uh, strong sentiment on the board. Yeah, he got all his mates to, to vote for it. And Next one uh, is from Thomas Arthur. Oh, this guy. Jack Watts. Yep. Hot. And then I asked him to clarify what was his not hot. And he said, Braden Proust getting outrucked in his VFL match. Okay. Uh, Jack Graham's bunghole, if he could. He would lick the sweat off uh, Jade Gresham's armpit, if he could. And he would bottle it and wear it as aftershave every day. Okay. I have no, he has no credibility in my book. Okay. At all. That saying, Tom, Bruce didn't play because he had an abductor strain. If you listen to everything that's been going on and not just throw some random topic at me, you might get some facts. All right. Maybe do a little bit of digging, do a little bit of soul searching. And while you're at it, tell your team to do that as well. But I do agree. Jack Hots, Jack Watts. He was definitely hot. All right, I got one here from a gentleman by the name of Josh Weymouth. Jamie Wallace, apparently you were lying to your listeners and co-host about his wife's birthday. It's definitely in the not column. What's going on there? Josh, Josh, let me let me let me talk to you through this. You know my wife's birthday is in March. It was midweek. The weekend is when the fun happens. So you told me it was on the day. No, no. I said it was that night I was going out for dinner. So let's be clear about this. So Josh is, Josh is just trying to set me up here. I'm not, I'm not going to take the bait. Peps, I will not take the bait. <laughs> the lie, the, it's not a lie. She had a birthday midweek and on the weekend we organised to do things. I'll leave it at that. Leave it at that? I'll leave it at that. Do I need to explain any more, Peps? You, you understand this. You're a working oh, man. I, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a working man, man. Like I said, I'm Dr. Pepper, uh, the yeah. love doctor. Yeah, and I, totally, I totally understand it. You know, wives go at through... Home, at midweek at home, we do the low-key dinner. Yep. A low-key tea with a, you know, with a, yep. with a, with a, with a Woolies or a Coles chocolate mud cake. Oh, there's nothing better. And, no, nothing better. And then, and then on the weekend, you indulge. Yep. No, I agree. That's, yeah. that's, that's happy, happy wife, happy wife. Yep, and um, I totally agree with that. But you know, you, two birthdays. You made the two sacrifice. birthdays. That's the key. Exactly, and it wasn't even a milestone birthday either. So two birthdays in a non-milestone year. She's pretty lucky. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, got a question from uh, Joe Janavik, who is a uh, an avid listener, and he said, "Why is you know, why is, do supposedly smart media commentators write off teams after round one, and then when they turn mm. around, they never say they got it wrong?" What do you reckon? Great question. It's a quarter of a question. We it's because expect, we only we worked actually, in one we didn't, week's we didn't actually expect any intellectual questions, to be honest. It's because, we only, because, it's because they only work in one week circles, and that's what the audience only works in. Yep. Um, Last week's news doesn't happen this week. Well, if it, if it bleeds, it leads. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I think they have small memories, like small brains. Um, yep. They're, they're happy to go out and smash someone, and they'll do it. And many a time, they do get it wrong because they don't have all the facts. Hardly ever will they come out and say, look, I got that wrong. I will um, take down what I've said. They'll hardly do that. Um, and I think it comes down to pride because what will happen is, is that if you know that you've got something wrong and then you yeah. do it again and then you do it again, in the, in the media world, your credibility is completely cooked. But, yeah. and I think also it is that um, they think people have minds like goldfish and that they will mm-hmm. forget. People don't forget. Yeah. People don't forget. Yeah. And so just come out and say that you were wrong. Like, come out yeah. and say you made a mistake. Yeah, you got know, it wrong. We're not going to shoot you down. No. But we're still going to tell you you're a flog. But just admit that you're wrong. I'll put my hand up and say, hey, I, I, I thought Melbourne will make top four this year. And I'll probably get that wrong. They'll probably end up top two. We don't know. We don't know. Um, last so, one. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, you go. You go. Last one from a, a day. Uh, actually, two more. From a, a Davide Basanti. Who was David? Yes. Yeah, um, which teams have made all the hype and expectations, and which ones not? Oh, just another intellectual question. Um, look, I'll start this one off. I think the team. Th- there's actually one team that I think has met the expectations so far, mm-hmm. and I'd say that's Brisbane. Yep, I yeah, agree. You ever look at, at you ever look at the the, the the nine games over the weekend? That was the one that people thought eh, something might happen here. Yep. And it did. I agree. And I think we've already mentioned the teams that let their let themselves and their teams down. Uh, Collingwood, Melbourne, Adelaide, West Coast, Sydney. Yep. Yeah, there's there's five teams that let their supporters down. I don't think there's been much expectation on Sydney, but I know for the other four, uh, expectations were quite high going into the season. Uh, yes. I do have one last one for you, uh, Jamie Wallace. And yep. that question is, uh, z- 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 mm, let me find it. Pink boots. Dean Clark said that he likes pink boots on Matt Parker. Is he from St Kilda? Matt Parker? I think so. From St Kilda, yeah. Pink boots, St Kilda. Yep, that works. Um, what wasn't hot was the more moronic racism. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. Yep, yep. Uh, so let's do the pink boots. Pink boots. Pink boots are always hot. No, they're not always hot. Pink they are. Black is the new pink, my friend. No, 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 no. Pink boots. I've got. I wear. I wear pink sunglasses. I've got pink socks. I've got pink cycling jerseys. Pink. I've got a lot of pink. You've got lots of pink bits, haven't you? Pink is always fashionable. Very Euro. And very cool. No I doubt mean, about it. Certainly. And for bike riding, certainly. But not on a footy field. I'm sorry. Nah. On a that, footy field. Oh, you yeah. know what? Unless you can play, you can get away with it. If you yeah, can't play, can play. Do that, no good. Matt Parker uh, can play. 
Yeah, it's one game. One game. Yeah. You know, Scotty Cummings. You know what? He's a young Scotty kid. Cummings kicked eight in his first. What did he do ever since? My point. Play for He's a young right. kid. Let him do it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, whatever. Um, but the racism. For those keyboard warriors that had a crack at um, Liam Ryan on the weekend, uh, there was yep. also another one. Who was the other one? The other player that copped it on the, the weekend as well? Uh, I was thinking of the Eddie Betts incident, but sorry, yeah. I might have been even the Eddie Mate, you're a scumbag. Out there, you're scumbags. There's no yep. place for it whatsoever. It's easy to sit there and smash your keys together and throw something out, but I dare you to go and say it to his face. And the chances of that actually happening will be zero to none because they won't have yep. the balls or the testicular fortitude to say it to their face. And I hope yep. they're able to track down this person and I hope they put them on the front page of the paper and I hope he gets shot down by all his friends and everybody in society because what they said, it is nothing short of a disgrace. We've moved on from that and it's people like that that bring football supporters and um, Australians um, the, our reputation down and there's no place for them whatsoever. Yeah. And so if you're listening, and I don't want people like that listening to our show. So if you write that up and you listen to our show, you can piss off. Yep. I agree. Be kind, have a crack at the person for their footy skills. Cause you don't agree with them, whatever, but don't, but don't, but don't go, don't go calling that shit into the, nah. in, 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 into, into, you know, that's cowardly. Into, That's cowardly. Yeah, into conversations, yeah. into anything. Absolutely cowardly. Um, hey, that was pretty cool. Hey, so for all the listeners that sent you questions, send them through. We'll answer them. And uh, the question of the year will win a special prize, which will probably yep. be uh, I'm a cappy meal from the two of us. But we won't let that out just yet. Hey, let's wrap this up because it's been a, a cracking episode. Before we do that, though, before we oh, do that, that's tips. the right tips. Yes. Um, I think we took feedback on well. How do you, how do you feel we took on feedback? I think we took on feedback pretty well. Oh yeah, I think so. I think I think that was a, that was a successful segment. Yeah, for sure. I think our feedback was good, and we're happy to uh, share our thoughts on on what's going yeah, no, on. We, um, we took well. Yeah. We took we took we took negative feedback well. Yeah, I think we did a I think we did a good job with that. And so um, next week, if people want to give us more feedback, we'll we'll we might read it out again next week. <laughs> hey um couple thing last thing before we wrap up um before we do a bit of our outro um the lace out tipping competition is has gone off with a bang and we have and um we have a huge competition so for everybody that has joined the lace out podcast tipping competition uh well done um, if we want to have a look at the overall ladder currently, I'm on top with five winners. Fine Wines is four. Justin. That's me. Yeah, is four. And Morton meets the eye, which is my brother. The Love Machine, a.k.a. Mark Pepper, is on three. And everybody else is on zero. Good. Yep. So we're winning. Yeah, we're winning. We're winning. Hey, we've got, we've got, we've got four more people in our cop tipping competition than we did last year. We do. That's true. But, hey, you can join up at any time. You can join in. You get the. You, we'll give you a score. Um, join in. It's a bit of fun. We'll read your name out on the radio. You can show your mum and dad. Hey, look, I'm famous because they read my name out. And um, yeah, we'll keep checking in week in week out to see who'll take out the Lace Out Podcast Tipping Champion for the year. All right. Um, Wrapping this up, first and foremost, remember, you can contact us at any time, okay? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, 
uh, Lace Out Podcast. You can find us, uh, our Twitter handle, at Lace Out Podcast. Email us at laceoutpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Um, this uh, episode will be out uh, pretty much Tuesday night. So it's pointless me telling you that because you're hearing it now, but every Tuesday night, a new episode of Lace Out will drop. So make sure you subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Pocket Casters, you name it, you can find it. Um, one exciting thing that I have to let you know about is in the next day or so, I will be releasing an interview that I did with uh, Justin Charles, a sit-down face-to-face interview that um, we spent almost a couple of hours just talking about everything relating to football, um, Obviously, the, the drug saga that he went through with his uh, suspension due to being the first person to get hit um, for steroids and how that's affected him, not just then, but 20 years later. Um, the effect of coaches. We also go into a little bit about the Essendon drug scandal, um, a, a little bit about the AFLW, the minds of players, so many different topics. He was an open book. There was no hold barred. Um, and more importantly, he was pretty emotional and had no qualms just letting his feelings know about any topic. So... I strongly encourage you. It does go for um, a bit of time, but I can tell you now, you will be uh, you'll be glued to the headset to listen to this because I was there and I walked out um, absolutely stunned. So that'll be up in the next day or two, and I'd love to hear your feedback. So I'll be sharing that up and putting um, also uh, hopefully a bit of a snippet for you to have a bit of a listen to before as well too. Um, and Pips, it's fair to say as well, like for listeners out there, do listen to the whole thing. Um, we haven't sliced it and diced it and gonna like just you know dribble feed it to you uh week after week and hold it back from you you've got the long play version of it because it is a compelling interview with someone who as pep says does not hold back yep and it's and it's you you need to hear it in its entirety so we're going to load it up in one big hit uh play it at your own leisure but more importantly we want to hear what you think about it as well and share it with as many people as you like because he's got a great story to tell um but that's it Week two hits the cards this week. I'm pretty excited uh, for it. What I will say, though, is, Jamie, once again, it's always been a pleasure. Uh, good luck for the, uh, the Port Power this week. I know they've got a, a pretty big game. Uh, we've got a big one against the Cats at Geelong. We know how that finished last year. Um, mm-hmm. But I like my footy. But I have to ask you, Jamie, how do you like your footy, mate? I like it. Lease out, Pips. So do I. Have a great week, listeners. Jamie, We'll speak next week. Have a good one. See you later. Lace out.